Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash stuffpodcast and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a free title and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash stuffpodcast to get started today. Why Audible? Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, and entertainers. I just downloaded my first book, Star Wars Queen's Shadow by E.K. Johnston. I listen to it while I'm driving, drawing, grocery shopping, or while I'm at the gym. It's the perfect way to fit even more Star Wars into my life. Audible selection really is unmatched. It was hard to decide which audiobook I wanted first. They even have Star Wars Light of the Jedi by Charles Soule available for pre-order, which is the first book in the High Republic series that we're all so excited about. But your free book can be anything you want, Star Wars or otherwise. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash stuffpodcast. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash stuffpodcast for your free audiobook. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. I am your host, David, and I am all by myself this week. Uh, Joseph and James couldn't make it this week, so I'm holding down the ship. So, let's get right into it. Huge news has been dropping all this week about The Mandalorian. First, we got uh, somewhat of a official, non-official confirmation that Tamir Morrison who played Jango Fett in Attack of the Clones, was coming back as Boba Fett. And a lot of people got shocked about this because they thought, okay, well, Boba Fett died in the Sarlacc pit. But, of course, if you've been following the podcast, we've talked about how Josh Trank was supposed to direct a Boba Fett movie, and then he got unceremoniously fired, and he didn't show up to the uh, future director's panel that I attended in 2015, at the celebration in Anaheim. So there have always been plans to bring back the fan favorite Boba Fett. And I can't think of a single person that doesn't, hasn't kind of communicated the fact that, yeah, Boba Fett is cool, number one. Boba Fett didn't have enough screen time in the films. And, of course, he was mysterious, but all the mysteriousness kind of got fleshed out over time through books and comics. And, of course, we found out about the Mandalorian Creed. Uh, during the actual Mandalorian show, and then in Rebels, and also in Clone Wars. So, I think there's still a lot to mine out there, and the thing that always confused me was, how is this going to work? People would just ask me, and it's like, well, how can it not work? I mean, all he has to do is fly out of the Sarlacc pit. I mean, it takes a while to get digested, am I right? I mean, but... Other than that, I mean, you can you can easily write him in. And the, and the simple fact that in The Mandalorian, you had a character walk up to Fennec Shand with spurs, the sound of spurs. Because Boba Fett didn't actually wear spurs, he just had the sound of spurs. Um, if you go back and look at, I believe, uh, maybe it was Empire of Dreams where they talked about that fact. but um, Which is one of my favorite facts, by the way, about Boba Fett. I mean... I'm from South Texas, and my favorite basketball team is the Spurs, so there's a kind of a quasi-connection there. But 
I'm super excited. I always wanted Tamir Morrison to come back. So this this news, I welcome it. And Tamir Morrison is a working actor. He was Jason Momoa's father in Aquaman. And to me, that just kind of proved, okay, well, he's still in the game. He's primed and ready. And <clears throat> he should do a great job. And not only coming back for Boba Fett, he's probably going to p- play Captain Rex as well. So he's going to have a lot of work on his plate, actually. So hopefully we see him, Tamir Morrison, and Rosario Dawson interact. And hopefully they have some really good chemistry. I think that's that's going to be the final, I think, judgment and decision for Star Wars fan and non-Star Wars fans like is what kind, kind of chemistry does Tamir Morrison and Rosario Dawson actually have on screen. If it's awesome, I think that'll sell the show. And... For me, it feels like Boba Fett was going to play a bit part and maybe kind of have his storyline arc interweave throughout Season 2 a little bit. Uh, But I think I found out some pretty credible information about how his role is going to happen. I'll just say, I'll, I'll save all the spoilers that I think are possible spoilers for the very end of the episode. So, moving on, um, the next bit of casting news we got for The Mandalorian Season 2. It's kind of weird because they keep on saying, just been cast for The Mandalorian Season 2, but we've all known that The Mandalorian Season 2 is already shot and it's in post-production. Hopefully we get a trailer soon. That would be awesome. And it seems like a lot of them are working from home. They're social distancing. So, the next bit of news was Katie Sackhoff being cast and I had a feeling that her maybe above everyone else that could possibly come back that was a voice was going to be cast because Katie Sackhoff is a working actress she's constantly working it's not huge stuff but of course she was Starbuck in Battlestar Galactica so I had a feeling she was coming back and I had seen podcasts and heard podcasts with her on them where she was asked point blank, are you coming back to Star Wars in any capacity? And, of course, she couldn't talk about it. And, of course, she did come back for Season 7 of The Clone Wars. But in some of these other interviews, they asked her, are you coming back to... Or are you are you going to appear on The Mandalorian? And she, <laughs> she couldn't help it but to smile... And that, I think, told me enough that, yeah, she is coming back. I was just waiting for other reports out there because, I mean, I, I thought I could read her body language pretty well. And she does love Star Wars, and I think she loves the fact that she is Bo-Katan. And it's it's awesome symmetry to bring a voice, who's also an actress, into the live-action role. And she looks like Bo-Katan. And I think Katie Sackhoff fans and... Just fans of the Clone Wars, I mean, have to have to be super, super pleased with that news. The third episode of Gallery came out, and I know you've listened to the podcast many a time, but I'll say it again, I've always wanted Star Wars to do something like this, and it's incredible that we're finally getting this on the series that I've waited for my whole life to get on TV in The Mandalorian. And going behind the scenes and listening to Favreau talk, 
and then Deborah Chow talk, and then Rick Famuyiwa is talking, and then to have this third episode having Carl Weathers speak about his experience, and Gina Carano, and Pedro Pascal, and just to hear them talk about the behind-the-scenes stuff, because usually we have to wait until the project is over, and then we get a little bit behind the scenes. But, of course, The Mandalorian was a huge hit, and it's universally loved. And I think Kathleen Kennedy and all the heads at Lucasfilm Disney wanted to maybe spearhead this. And Kathleen Kennedy is a producer on it. But the thing I don't know is who came up with this idea and kind of marshaled it through. I know everything has to go through Kathleen Kennedy, but I don't know who had the idea and who pushed for this. But I'm glad they did because all the insight we're getting and that speech that Dave Filoni gave in the second episode talking about how the Phantom Menace connects to Return of the Jedi how there's a through line there that George Lucas created it's it was beautiful and we talked we had a big Empire Strikes Back Discussion between it was a Zoom meeting. It's going to be a podcast. It's going to be on our Patreon only, I believe. And it was both both teams, the Tatooine team and the Haas squad. And I brought up the fact that it, it's it's an incredible thing that Star Wars. A, a big piece of magic for Star Wars is the fact that there's a lot of subconscious stuff there. They sometimes don't spell it out for you. But your brain is doing the calculations and putting the things together behind the scenes and just interpreting what Star Wars is. And the way Filoni described how the the role of Qui-Gon was the father to Anakin and then Obi-Wan was more like a brother figure and then how that kind of went through Attack of the Clones and how Yoda learned... It was just beautiful, and it's just a testament to the brilliance and the genius of the final product that we got on screen. And of course, there's so much credit to go around, I think. George Lucas had the vision, but he had the wherewithal to bring in the talent, and the talent for editing, and the foresight, and it was it's a perfect storm. And we talked about it on the Patreon podcast. How much of a perfect storm, how Irvin Kirshner came in, and he was the perfect director for The Empire Strikes Back, which turns 40 years old on Thursday. And it's just a beautiful thing. It's And George Lucas basically put all the chips into the middle and said, if Empire doesn't work, that I'm not going to do any more Star Wars. And he told that to Irvin Kirshner. Which is incredible. And to have that amount of pressure. But at the time, what's interesting is, I kind of think about his age. He was about 56 when he shot Empire. And I think at 56 years old, there's probably a sense of, okay, well, I'm in, in 1976. I'm nearing the end of my life, which it nowhere was the end of his life. He, he still had another whole half of his life almost to live. Um, so he just kind of had the mentality, I think, of if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, oh well. 
I mean, it's it's not my creation. <laughs> so, but Urban Kirshner was the best choice, I think, at the time. And Urban Kirshner wondered why George Lucas picked him in the end because he knew as well as anyone in Hollywood there was many hotshot directors out there. And he asked, why did you pick me? And the answer was that Irvin was a Hollywood director and knew what every Hollywood director knew, but he wasn't Hollywood. I think saying that he wasn't going to be a diva on set, he wasn't going to be just a pain to deal with. Even though George Lucas did promise Irvin Kirshner that he would keep his distance, not interfere, give Irvin his total freedom. And it worked. It all worked. And it was beautiful. It, the Empire Strikes Back is probably the greatest second film in a series of all time. Uh, people talk about that. People talk about The Godfather Part Two, But I think Empire is just an impossible film. And it exists. And it, it just added to the legacy of Star Wars in a way that I'm not sure George Lucas even thought he the heights that he did reach with Star Wars with Empire. So many iconic characters, Lando, Yoda, um, <clears throat> phrases, dialogue that came out of that film as well. So yeah, back to what I was talking about with the gallery. It was it was pretty cool to see that Carl Weathers got the props that he deserved from Gina Carano, and. It seems like Carl Weathers is like a really cool dude on set and he's really an actor's actor and he gives advice and he's he's the elder statesman and to me he's another one of those guys like why hasn't he been in more stuff? I I know he was in Happy Gilmore and he did I'm trying to think I know he did something else that I saw but Apparently, he did want to act. He didn't want to act at all. And John Favreau brought him in. And they had him as as the actor for Grief Karga from the start. And I think he knocked it out of the part. And it's that's just another incredible casting for Star Wars. And, and just to hear Gina Carano kind of speak about her place in the acting world it it seems like I haven't seen Haywire I know Steven Soderbergh cast her in that and if Steven Soderbergh casts you in anything I think that pretty much says you're legit and to have someone like Gina Carano who has that huge background of MMA it was probably the deciding factor in casting her and the brilliant thing that I got out of of this third episode of Gallery was the fact that Kathleen Kennedy chimed in and she goes you know each character in Star Wars has a silhouette and it's so true if you just silhouette the characters in Star Wars you can instantly pick them out and that's that's George Lucas genius right there. And I've always like wondered, it's like, did he pre-plan the fact that 
that would be as successful as it was? Or was it more of a subconscious thing? I don't know. We might never know. I mean, for a franchise to be this successful and then you ask the creator certain things, it's like, is he telling us 100% truth here? (laughs) But these gallery episodes are awesome. And I totally forgot the fact that it was on Friday. And James, I think, reminded me last time. I think we're not really looking forward to them as much as the Mandalorian episodes. But for me, behind-the-scenes stuff is just gold. And I love knowing that stuff. I, To me, that's something I just automatically kind of get attracted to and want to know all the little minutiae and details that a lot of people that are Star Wars fans sometimes we'll never know and putting the puzzle pieces together i think is is something that is successful i want to say about 70 80 percent of the time but then sometimes we're totally wrong in trying to figure out what happened or what's going to happen but yeah those those gallery episodes there's are right up my alley um so the other casting news that happened uh, for The Mandalorian, Timothy Oliphant got casted and acted in season two. And the big question is, who does he play? Um, some people think maybe he is Thrawn. Some people may think that he's Kanan Jarrus. We don't know. But I really like Timothy Oliphant as an actor. And... I'm really looking forward to who he plays. I mean, apparently Rosario Dawson, Katie Sackhoff, Michael Bean, Tamira Morrison, Timothy Oliphant. I mean, it's it's an awesome cast. And every time I see a bit of casting news, I think back to what Sam Whitworth said. He said that fans' minds are going to be blown. And kind of knowing what I know now... It feels like Dave Filoni had a bigger hand in story, storyline, and I think that he's being trusted more and more. And just going off of his his speech he made at the end of Gallery Episode 2, it feels like, yeah, I mean, any doubt you had about Dave Filoni has just kind of disintegrated. And it feels like, yeah, it's... Favreau and Filoni's deal now Star Wars It's they are the guys that need to steward Star Wars from here on out they have to have creative control because it, it feels like they know what Star Wars is where it was, where it should go in the future I mean those those are the guys and it just feels like they should just be in charge. I mean, it's it's almost... I want to say it's a no-brainer slam dunk. Like I've said in the past about certain things. Also, another story popped up that Ben Mendelsohn was interviewed. And he said he wants his own Star Wars spinoff series. I'm not sure how much validity to what he said was accurate. But I don't know if he was making it in. Kind of a... just talking just to talk but it feels like yeah I mean he wants to reprise Krennic and of course we're going to have the Cassian series that production is going to rev back up here hopefully pretty soon 
And yeah, Ben Mendelsohn is another great actor that I think the TV series would really greatly benefit from. And this is what Disney Plus was made for. I mean, it's you want to bring back the people that were on screen. I mean, Ewan McGregor coming back as Obi-Wan Kenobi, that's that's really the top-level guy that you could possibly get, and it's happening. There seems to be a little bit of a... Seems kind of rocky behind the scenes currently because they did get rid of the um, the writer, and he's been replaced. And people have been trying to figure out what was going on with that. And I think what people have come to the conclusion of was that when the announcement for Kenobi was actually made, Kathleen Kennedy made the statements that the scripts were done. And if we go back in time here and think about it, the Obi-Wan Kenobi project was going to be a film. And due to the solo receipts at the box office, they kind of put Obi-Wan Kenobi on standby. And with the success of The Mandalorian, they said, hey, look, maybe we should make a TV show because look at the success of The Mandalorian. So what people think, and I kind of think the same thing, was when Kathleen Kennedy made that statement that the scripts are done, she was talking about the film scripts not the TV show. And I think she thought the process of converting film to TV was going to be pretty smooth, but apparently it hasn't. And the reports came out that Kathy Kennedy wasn't satisfied with the TV show. And if there was one TV show, I could kind of put my two cents in and maybe be the president of Lucasfilm, like I always say. It would be so dynamic and so over budget. I mean, I'd have Obi-Wan in the desert, of course. I mean, we all kind of know the environment, the scene. But we don't know the trials that he went through on Tatooine for those 19 years that he spent there before he met Luke and introduced himself as Ben Kenobi and then Obi-Wan Kenobi. But... Being alone in the desert for that many years, I mean, just the psychological experience one would go through, even for someone strong in the Force like Obi-Wan, he would definitely dream about his past, and then that would provide opportunity to show, for the first time ever, a live-action Clone Wars. And we have Rosario Dawson cast, she could be in it. You could bring back Hayden, of course. Bringing back Hayden to me is a no-brainer. Bring him back. You have to. You have to bring back Liam Neeson. And I've heard a lot of people disagree with me, and it's like, well, I mean, what what are you gonna show? I mean, are are you 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 just think you're gonna see Obi Wan just in the desert, just talking to sand people and dealing with Jabba the Hutt? I mean, what 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 are you gonna show that's gonna really connect with audiences the thing you got to do is show Clone Wars stuff you got to show all the connective tissue that we've seen in the past have him as soon as he goes to bed at night or falls asleep or has a heat stroke has a fever dream of the Clone Wars and you don't even have to stick to the same script that the Clone Wars had I mean he 
dreams are wild they're different it doesn't have to be the gospel that we all know that Dave Filoni created for the Clone Wars you could show almost like a else alternate reality version of what kind of melds into his dream because it's all in Kenobi's head and I, I know it's not Star Wars but I do know that there's a WandaVision show that they're doing and they say it's going to be really weird and really different and to me it almost feels like Kenobi should be that way as well It a lot of it ha- probably should take place inside of his head and show more of the relationship between Obi-Wan and Duchess Satine and really kind of show how much he did fall in love with her and how she was probably the love of his life or even show other other characters that he was involved with romantically and non-romantically and maybe show other pieces and parts that interweave into the Clone Wars we know I mean there's just so much there him as a youngling being trained by Yoda I mean that would be interesting Maybe to see adventures with him in Qui-Gon where he showed true promise to the Jedi Council and Qui-Gon wanting to take on Obi-Wan as a youngling. The same way that that Qui-Gon wanted, wanted Anakin as a child. And maybe show the fact that Qui-Gon maybe thought Obi-Wan could be the chosen one. Maybe have a whole kind of through line with that. I mean, there's there's so many routes. Of course, it I'd want it to be super high budget. <laughs> and of course, we all know that Star Wars does have a budget. And there's just massive opportunity there. And I'm so excited to see that. Hopefully, we get it sooner than later. Hopefully, we find out other things. I don't want to be spoiled. I don't want to know exactly what happens. But if the information's out there, I'm definitely going to keep reading and probably kind of report it with a spoiler alert but when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping Kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over $600 each week you can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time Kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm definitely excited about the future and Cassian, Obi-Wan, and today, just today, there were reports, uh, Screen Rant ran a thing about a live-action Ahsoka series happening, and 
This is what the article says. It says, Star Wars Ahsoka Tano series for Disney Plus is reportedly in the works. Anakin Skywalker's Padawan was first introduced in the Star Wars The Clone Wars animated film feature, which was set between Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones and Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. Since then, she's appeared in other projects, including the Clone Wars animated series and Star Wars Rebels. Now, Ahsoka is expected to make her live-action debut in The Mandalorian Season 2, where the character will be played by Rosario Dawson. With Lucasfilm finding new ways to expand Star Wars following the end of the Skywalker saga and J.J. Abrams' Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, they're focusing their attention on the small screen with projects set exclusively for Disney+. Plus. After the success of the John Favreau-created show The Mandalorian, a second season is set to roll out this October, with The Mandalorian Season 3 already in development. Beyond it, there's a string of other shows in the works, including the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, as well as a Rogue One prequel. And if this new rumor pans out, Ahsoka will also be heading, headlining her own series. So yeah, that's the rumor, and I think if you've been following our podcast and kind of just on our Facebook group, it feels like everything's kind of falling into place here in regards to having an Ahsoka series. Uh, Bob Iger talked about vaguely that he wanted spinoffs back in February on um, a a shareholder's call, and this feels like he was really kind of talking about Ahsoka Tano, because I think... When when you kind of look back at the course of where Star Wars is going, and then Dave Filoni being in charge, I mean, you can kind of assume that Filoni is going to have opportunities to use the characters that he developed and he has fleshed out in animated series, and they're all on Disney Plus. So if people discover them in live action, they can always go back to the animated, and those numbers should skyrocket. And speaking of animated, the Art of Rebels book is available to purchase, and I actually purchased it. Uh, It should be coming in uh, next week, I believe. And the limited edition, which is the one I bought, is really cool because there's there's a case for it, and there's two lightsabers, and I believe it's... um, I want to say there's a it's a red and a blue one. I think maybe Ezra and someone else, maybe an Inquisitor. I'm not sure, but they do light up, which is pretty cool. And I, a couple people uh, have received it uh, that I know, and they said it was actually worth buying. So I'm really looking forward to it. And I've had Rebels on in the background, and I haven't seen every single episode all the way through or really concentrated on it. As much as I probably should have. Uh, I know James and Joseph, um, Colin, Matt, of course, have all seen them. And they probably know them inside and out. But I'm kind of just, I think maybe like slowly kind of falling in love with it. (laughs) The first episode I was introduced to, I wasn't too thrilled about. So that kind of turned me off. But these opening episodes are actually pretty good. And at the time, I don't think I had Disney XD to watch them. So... I was kind of behind the eight ball there, but it feels like everyone that's looking forward to these brand new live action Disney Plus shows probably needs to watch The Clone Wars and Rebels. So you know what's going on as much as possible because there's going to be a lot of stuff going on apparently. And that Screen Rant article that I just read is interesting at the very end because... A related article connected to it says Ahsoka and the Mandalorian means the name Baby Yoda could become canon, which is 
interesting and a brilliant way to bring Baby Yoda into canon because, of course, Ahsoka knew Yoda. And to see a baby version of him, she could coin the name Baby Yoda in the series. And much to James's dismay, we could all be saying Baby Yoda a whole lot more. <laughs> I never had an issue with Baby Yoda because Star Wars, to me, it's like people say reference the same thing with different names, different ways of saying the names. AT-AT, AT-AT, Han, Han. I mean, it's... Legacy of Star Wars, so it's not a big deal, and it's really Favreau and Filoni's kind of fault for not naming the baby Yoda creature. So they just called him the child. I mean, who's gonna say the child out in the general public? You know, everyone just sees him as baby Yoda, so yeah, it's stuck. And we did our big May the 4th blowout podcast, and it was awesome. A lot of people watched the Zoom meeting where we t- we were in the process of ordering our merch. And James just got his Disney key that's a lightsaber at the end with the big Disney D. Um, he also got a uh, Baby Yoda Black Series with the frog creature that he eats. And it's like really tiny and he sent us a video of it. Um, I got in the mail. I ordered the uh, Chewbacca... Uh, satchel that converts into a picnic blanket and it's pretty cool it's pretty huge the picnic blanket is actually the millennium falcon and it's sewn into the bag so you turn the bag inside out and you pull out the blanket and when we when you want to put it up you just fold it back into the same form of chewbacca satchel slide it in and you have chewbacca satchel and one of the funnier things was I also ordered a May the 4th Be With You pin. I didn't get one last year. I kind of regret it. Um, So that came in. But funny enough, I showed the picture on the Facebook group, uh, the Star Wars Podcast Facebook group, where the May the 4th Be With You was assembled upside down on the pin. So maybe I have something, like, rare for Star Wars now? Uh, I don't know. But uh, I was thinking about it, and I... If I do contact the Disney store and say, hey, look, they'll probably send me a new one. Um, but I'll keep you up to date on that. But I think it's pretty rad that I have a kind of a, a quirky type of Star Wars pin now. I do have a collection of pins on my wall. And at one point I thought I had a lot, but I bought a big cork board at a, a yard sale. And uh, it's only about 60% full. So, And I did have a listener um, send me kind of a really cool variety of pins and I'm trying to remember his name um this was a few months back but yeah I told him thank you I, we were chatting over messenger but yeah I I really didn't get into pin collecting until I went over to my neighbor's house and I saw his kind of setup that he had from going to Disney World and I thought wow those are pretty cool with the lanyard and then all the different types of pins and they were pretty rad and I was like, man, as soon as I get to Disney World, I'm going to try and do the exact same thing. And I kind of did. They had these mystery packages of five pins a piece. And I think each one of them was like 25 bucks or 30 bucks. And I think I bought about four of them. And I got some duplicates, but I think the duplicates I've already traded off. And I'm kind of really into doing that. Not as much as I used to be, but yeah, I'm still trying to collect the pins. And um, I've always been kind of a collector, and 
the funny thing is, is that uh, they kind of called me out on that on uh, the Facebook Star Wars stuff podcast page, and uh, they made a meme. Uh, I think it was a uh, Ludwig of uh, General Grievous um, being a collector and uh, tying me to that. So I was like, yeah, uh, they know, <laughs> they know about me. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's kind of my thing. So happy to receive them if you want to send. No, that's okay. <laughs> They're pretty expensive. I usually visit the booths at Celebration and uh, try and find the best deals. But um, hopefully we can make our own Star Wars Stuff podcast pin and send it out to all of uh, the patrons here. And I definitely do want to shout out some of these uh, great people here, uh, especially the new people. Um, Taylor Smart, Tara Cav, um, Kenneth Figgins, Kevin Osborne, Jeremy Schaefer, um, thanks for joining. We're happy to have you on board and, uh, we're looking forward to, uh, um, bringing you the best possible product as possible. I know I said possible one too many times, but we just purchased mics for both teams and hopefully Thursday, the Haas squad will have their mics and we'll be sounding great that day. I know we're going to try and do a podcast, uh, another podcast, on May 21st, which is the 40th anniversary of The Empire Strikes Back. So look out for that. And I'll probably play some Xbox. Um, and Colin might join me. And we might be on Twitch. So look out for that. Um, fortunately, I'm off from all my jobs. So that should be a lot of fun. And of course, I also want to mention the fact that it was George Lucas's birthday. He became 76 years young. And of course, if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have Star Wars. There wouldn't be this podcast. I wouldn't know James, Joseph, Nicole, Brooke, Colin, Matt. I mean, it's it's an incredible thing that Star Wars is. And it brought us all together. You listening right now, it, none of this would be possible without George Lucas's vision. And the series of events that occurred in his life for him to get to the point where he was making Star Wars is an incredible story. Uh, he always talked about how, and all the biographies talked about how he was not a great student. And he was smart, of course, but he just wasn't a great student. And he got into a car wreck, a very devastating car wreck. And he was laying in the hospital bed thinking... I need to do something with my life and I need to change and I need to actually do well in school. And um, he went to USC and he was into photography and he signed up for that class. And luckily, right place, right time, film started to become a thing at USC and he made extraordinary films and he was noticed and he got awards and created THX 1138. And, of course, met the future director of The Empire Strikes Back, Irvin Kirshner, there. And they became friends. And the rest is really history. And we just want to say happy birthday, George Lucas, if you're listening to this. <laughs> when James and I would look at the statistics for the podcast uh, when we first started, we would see people listening in the Lucasfilm area. And we joked about the fact that, oh, Lucasfilm's listening. They're trying to figure out who we are and what we're all about. And we still have people listening in that area. 
and um, we do eventually plan on doing uh, live interviews and uh, we've contacted several people about it and they're like yeah we're ready whenever you are so at this point in time I think we're just waiting on getting the proper equipment we don't want to have something that's not the best quality so I think with the Patreon members and our sponsorships that you'll probably hear throughout this podcast, they should help to fund that. Um, It's not cheap. Uh, So we're working towards that. And we just want to say on behalf of everyone on the podcast, thank you so much for contributing, contributing on our Facebook group, social media, Instagram, Facebook, um, Snapchat, TikTok. Um, It's a lot of fun and we plan on continuing the fun for ever (laughs) it'll probably this podcast i hope will outlive us which will take a long time to happen but um yeah we're we're happy doing this we're thrilled and we're going to continue to make as much content as uh, humanly possible for uh our specific situations um because all of us work we have day jobs uh so thank you once again for listening messaging contributing to the podcast in all those different ways and um i guess i'm gonna have james play the music here and play us out and uh after the music i'm gonna talk about uh highly credible spoilers for the mandalorian and the future of live action tv so may the force be with you always and james take it away Okay, everyone, for everyone that stayed, huge rumors from fairly credible sources. My original source, he's been on the down low. I'm not sure what's going on with that, but he's really not reporting as much as he used to. Um, But fairly credible people, people that are associated to my original source, are breaking down some stuff here, and it's incredible. It's stuff that you would kind of assume and want but it feels like this stuff is going to happen and i made the comment on the star wars stuff podcast facebook group that if you're on the edge on buying boba fett stuff don't be in buy it because boba fett is going to return and return in a very large way the rumor slash scoop states that boba fett will appear in season two which we all know but will have a bigger role in season three of the Mandalorian, which will either tie into a Boba Fett film or a standalone TV series for Boba Fett. So we're going to see a lot of Boba Fett in the future. And I think that's a very exciting prospect. We're going to probably learn how he escaped the Sarlacc pit. We're going to learn what his days were after that. Maybe see the scene leading up to Boba Fett approaching Fennec Shand in that one episode of The Mandalorian. Because it has to be Boba Fett. I mean, we heard the Spurs, right? Um, And the other news that dropped was we all assumed that Tamira Morrison was going to play Boba Fett. But he's also apparently going to play Rex, according to these scoops. Uh, So we'll get to see 
a Rex and Ahsoka Tano um, embrace, most likely, and have them in live action finally on screen. And Ahsoka Tano having her own series is the next scoop. So apparently, according to other sources, Ahsoka will have her own series. And not only are we going to see characters from The Mandalorian in her series, including Bo-Katan, but we will also get Sabine Wren, and we'll also get Harrison Dula. That's what this rumor, the scoop, states. So this is essentially going to be the Rebels follow-up show because apparently what they're going to be doing is searching for Ezra Bridger. And that's the other big story. Ezra Bridger, where is he? We know he escaped with Thrawn, but trying to find him, I think that's an incredible thing. And I talked about earlier in the podcast how Timothy Oliphant is going to play someone. And yeah, he could be playing Thrawn. I mean, this information about Timothy Oliphant being in The Mandalorian Season 2 is kind of late in the game at this point because all these scoops have dropped about who's in Season 2. And it looks like he's probably one of the last people to find out that that he's actually been cast. Um, but it also raises the question, what about Jason Sandula? He's going to be older, and what are his capabilities? We saw him at the very end of Rebels, and that's an interesting character all into itself. So the possibilities here are just mind-boggling. Filoni has, I think, got his wish in that he's going to help move Star Wars and TV to the future, and hopefully he does have input into whatever film project they decide on doing. Of course, we have the report of Taika Waititi doing the film, and we're thinking it's 2022, and then we have Kevin Feige in the background that's going to produce something. Then, of course, we know he has ties to Taika. So... Yeah, these reports of these possible scenarios happening. I mean, we're going to have Hera, Captain Rex, Sabine, Bo-Katan, Ahsoka Tano, all in live action, and probably Jason Sandula. So, it's exciting. It's terrific. And my mind just kind of spins and turns about Boba Fett's possible reintroduction and what he was doing all those years did he stay on Tatooine did he leave did he come back we know we have that picture of that Gamorrean guard that John Favreau posted does that have something to do that a tie-in with Boba Fett um do are we gonna get to see Jabba's palace again um what happened with that criminal criminal syndicate that criminal aspect of Star Wars that we've so talked about on the podcast about bringing that back. Guillermo del Toro wanted to direct something that was a Jabba in, in, in the vein of a Jabba Fett gangster film. And I mean, the possibility is there now. Um, but that also brings in the question, the rebel sequel series in animation, there was rumors that that was going to be the search for Ezra, but apparently that's going to be live action now according to these rumors and scoops. And guys, this is not from my typical source. So I was talking to James and I said, well, I may be 70% on board with these, but 
they seem very logical, very commonsensical to go this route. Filoni is moving up in the world in Star Wars, which is crazy to say, but he's proved himself, and he's garnered all the affection of the fans, it seems, at this point. And, like I said before, the future is bright. And if you weren't hyped before, and if you got really hyped with that Sam Whitworth statement, oh my gosh, how hyped are you now? <laughs> so, like I said, go watch Clone Wars. Go watch Rebels. Make sure you're fully caught up with those so you understand what's going on here because those are going to play a heavy role. And if there's Boba Fett mer merchandise out there, go buy it. We did the giveaway on Instagram, and I was happy we chose that because Boba Fett is going to loom large, apparently. And I'm excited. I'm almost like shaking here. <laughs> and um, that's that's those are the scoops that came out. And it's just incredible. We have so much to look forward to. And you can count on us to bring you every rumor, every credible rumor, every piece of info that we think is important that our listeners should hear. So once again... Thank you very much. This is the second name of the podcast. May the force be with you always. And until next time. Pew, 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 pew.